Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Formula of Film. My name is Steve, and I'm joined by my brother Kevin over there. Hello. I don't know what the fuck that was, but <laughs> that was Kevin. That was my uh, best attempt at a radio voice since we're going to be talking about music. There's a lot of music on the radio, so I felt like I should do like a radio voice, but it en- ended up coming out as like a creepy voice. Which yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I thought Just, you were like dying or something. My voice kind of like cracked in the moment that yeah. I, t- I, I thought you were trying to be like, do like the saw voice, you know, like, well, Hello. it was not supposed to happen that way. And it just like my voice cut out the moment I said that. I don't know what happened. It was a disaster. <laughs> you have 60 seconds to get out of this room. You could be the saw guy. I don't know what his <laughs> name is. I, I think it's jigsaw jig. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Oh, his name is Almost Saw. Yeah, it's almost Jigsaw. the same name. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so, what are we going to be talking about today? We are music. going to be talking about music. Yes, I don't think we talked about sound. We talked about back. sound, and we did a little. I mean, we did a little bit about music, but we didn't. Die, we dove more into just the full-fledged sound of a film. We did. Um, and this is going to be more focused on just the power of, of just music itself and how that can drive emotions. Which, in my opinion, is a huge thing in every type of media that people, I think a lot of people overlook. I, I, I'd say it's more like 70% of people like appreciate it, but you get that 30% who just don't, don't even pay attention to the music. And I think that's kind of a sad thing. I think you need to focus that the music plays such a huge role um, in the telling of a story yeah, or the it, lack well, of music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does depend. There are, I mean, I'm sure there's bad movies that just throw a song in there because of whatever, you know, like there's no rhyme or reason. Oh, it just sounds no good. Yeah. So, just cause you throw a song into a movie doesn't make it good. It's yeah. how you use the it's song, how, how you, is how you do it. it. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard, first of all, that, where you just throw a song in and it almost means nothing. It just sounds good in the moment. Or I've heard just bad songs being played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which are just, like, out of left field, doesn't make sense with the movie, takes you out of the element altogether. So, mm-hmm. um, but... TV shows use it now, especially like it, it used to used to be more like a theme song was like the big thing for TV shows. But now that they're becoming more cinematic, um, music is like at the forefront and definitely video games, as we've talked about before, uh, video games definitely use music as well. Mm-hmm. They um, I think movies were the first ones to really show it in media, but video games have always had a strong presence, even or with music. It's like with with uh, like if you go as far back as Pong, obviously no music, but if you go like to Pac-Man or something like that, um, it's got little diddles, and then mm-hmm. the most probably iconic soundtrack is uh, Mario, which. Mm-hmm is incredible so yeah and you can even go i mean you go back to nes days and you can listen to some of the soundtracks of those games and they're some of them are very very good yeah one of the ones that uh surprisingly 
goes down as one of the best like video game soundtracks or, or um, songs is uh, I think it's called Moonbase from DuckTales the game. Which oh yeah, not even <laughs> like it's yeah that song is amazing. Right, it's so good. It's 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 crazy that like a game like DuckTales, you wouldn't think anything of it, but it's it's got apparently a very yeah. awesome song in it. So today, well, I think it. What I think back then they knew like because you're not like you're giving someone something that's very simple. Mm-hmm. So if you can give someone something that's very memorable on top of the simplicity, it's going to bring people back and keep playing these sim because. NES games were actually very, very short. They had to be. So you wanted to bring, yeah. So you wanted to bring people back and people remembering something. So I think they put a lot of effort into music. They did. And then there were the ones that didn't put a lot of effort into music. And they were bad. And they were very (laughs) bad because they had the most annoying soundtracks. Yeah. Like, I remember one game I played that just had, like, a loud eek noise in the background. That was like, and then it would, like, slightly change it to another eek that was a different sound and it's yeah. just like almost like nails on a chalkboard when you were playing the game and you can't play a game like that and it's the same with movies like we're we're going to be talking about good songs today we're not going to be talking about bad songs but um but yeah like if a movie plays music that's like nails on a chalkboard or just like way out of left field you're going to be brought out of your element and you're going to hate the movie Mm-hmm. Just and you might not even know why. You might be like, I just kind of hate this movie. I don't know why, but it might be because of the music being really sucky. So. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I was thinking of too? I think this might have been like maybe it dates all the way back to like the seventies, but like there was a prime time where they were making soundtracks for movies with songs that were not even in movies. You remember that? Like what? a soundtrack would like they would release a movie. And they'd release the soundtrack. Oh, yes, I do. And the soundtrack would be, like, two songs that were actually in the movie. And then all the rest were just songs that they just fucking decided to put together just so they could sell the soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah. That was actually a popular thing, I think, in the 90s that they did that Yeah, I think it was, too. might have been 80s, too. But I, I definitely remember a few 90s movies where you're like the hell is this song doing what is doing on the soundtrack <laughs> and yeah uh, what what is his name like, uh, george michael doing on yeah. the soundtrack it's not even in the movie i think one sense. of the one of the last movies that did that was like the the first spider-man movies i think that was one of the last movies that actually did that they did like because they have a good score yeah, but there's one song and it's terrible, and it plays during the credits at the end. It was like, an, I think the first one was like Nickelback or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it like plays well, at the end. But they, I think, yeah, and I think they released like an actual soundtrack of songs that were not in the movie at all. I think that was the only song. And then they obviously released the score, but they <laughs> released the soundtrack that had nothing to do with the fucking movie. Yeah. That's that's weird, and I hate it is that. weird, and I, I can see it because it's there. It was run by Sony, so I could see Sony being like, "Hey, we have rights to all of these songs, so let's try to fucking sell them again under Spider Man." Maybe someone will buy our headphones and play this <laughs> yeah. music with it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's stupid. But today we're going to be talking about a few movies in particular, but we have one showcase today called. Uh, 
what is it? Warriors, right? Warrior. Warrior. I keep I keep warrior. thinking it's warriors because there's, there's the warrior two people. Wait, there's the warriors, which is like a movie back 80s in the eighties or something. Yeah, it's like a I I've watched it and I like it. It's like a super cheesy like gang movie. I thought and there was a book it was based on or something. The warriors. yeah, it was based on a book I think. Yeah. And then and then there's warrior. I think there's the warrior too. There probably is. A, and I think somewhere. it's like a um a ninja movie. Mm. Makes sense. <laughs> but we are not talking about that. We are talking about warrior with no S, like I said. I said mm-hmm. warriors, just because there's two brothers in this. So I would think there would be multiple warriors, but I guess not. Um, so that you wouldn't think of this movie as us being or us talking about the music of this movie. Like when Steve told me he wanted to uh, talk about this movie and he wanted to talk about the music of this movie, I was like, really? Like I had seen the movie a while back, um, but I had like sort of barely watched it. I have this terrible uh, uh, habit of sometimes watching a movie and like walking away because <laughs> I, I, I can't sit for a very long period of time. So, um, I didn't really pay attention to the movie, but holy crap, this movie's intense. And Steve was right. The music is like for, this is like a pun, but instrumental to this entire yeah. uh, movie. And it, and it's really only two songs. I think the other ones are more like Well, there's a score. Yeah, there's a score. Those, and that, then there's one song in like the middle, but it's only because it's like, part of like the promotion of the event that's happening right like it's not really part of the like actual like what they're doing i don't think i think it's more of like okay this event's going on and this song is playing in the background right so the heavy hitting songs we're going to talk about today um or or do you want to mention like who is in this movie like yeah so i'll just yeah i'll just uh say that warrior it came out in 2011 and it was directed by Gavin O'Connor. Uh, he also wrote it. And he um, recently, his most recent film is called The Way Back, which is a pretty good movie. Um, they, uh, it stars Ben Affleck. And he's like a like a basketball coach who's like this like drunk dude who is trying to get his life on track and stuff. And it's like, if you... If you like Warrior, you'll like Wayback because it's got that like gritty style and like the same kind of like it's got those like kind of shitty annoying high school characters and stuff like that, but it's got like a really good message and it's a lot it's just a well he's he's got an interesting style of directing, I think, and cinematography that is like it's not like anything that has never been done before, but it just looks good for what he's doing. Like yeah. it just looks really good and it play it actually plays with the characters very well. Um, but yeah, so he did that, and then it stars uh, Tom Hardy, Nick Nolte, and uh, Joel. I don't know if it's Edgerton or Edgerton, but um, and the performances are fucking amazing. Phenomenal. Nick Nick Nolte is absolutely phenomenal as their father, mm-hmm. and Tom Hardy is really is. I think it's one of Tom Hardy's best performances, in my opinion. I agree because a lot of a lot of like. Tom Hardy gets shit on because he's he seems to be a one trick pony, but I think in this one 
he play he, he plays a Pittsburgh dude pretty well. Like he's got that kind of like, you know, Pittsburgh bravado charm. of a yeah. He's got he does kind of have this like Pittsburgh charm about him. He like he he's very quiet, and you know, like I, the characters just feel really human. Like right. they just feel like they're all very flawed, and they're all understanding of their flaws. Right. But um, and they project them, and they I think they want to they all want to conquer their flaws in and, different ways in different ways um and i think it's just it's just a really it, that's why it, like it holds a lot of value for me because i can like see attributes of myself and other people in all, in these characters you know sure so yeah i think um, i think they um they had a well-rounded um amount of personality here like each each uh character has a pretty distinct personality and i think a lot of people can at least uh relate to at least one of the flaws that mm-hmm. the characters have like um because each each character has a different set of flaws like you said and they're they're trying to get over them in different ways and i think uh, a lot of people probably have struggled in a similar way um as these characters did yeah yeah definitely um yes i guess we can set up the characters because i think the and maybe the story because then we can talk about the music because it plays with the story i think like if you read read the lyrics um but yeah so you have uh tom hardy's character who is tommy um he's coming he's coming back from uh afghanistan afghanistan and he sits in front of his uh dad's stoop he's meeting up with his father again that he hasn't seen it he left him in a long time ago like 14 years before yet they haven't seen each other uh because his dad was a mean drunk and beat the shit out of their mom so uh and then his the other brother who's joel edgerton is uh brendan and he stayed with the father because he was in love with a woman who he later married um and then you have nick nolte who's their dad patty he is uh trying to make amends with his sons he wants he wants to be there for them but they don't trust him because he's been a drunk all of his life right um so yeah, they're just there's these like hatred. I think not. I mean, not really hatred, but there's this like distrust between all of them, right? Because everything that they had planned, like it seems that Tommy and Brendan were trying to plan together to leave their father, and then that fell through because Brendan fell in love with this girl, right? Um, so he left. So Tommy left with their mother by himself. Um. But now, I guess we can talk about the the sound and the music at the beginning because I there's something the I want to talk about. Yeah. So the first song is um, "Start a War" by uh, what is it? The National. The National. Um, and the the two songs that we're going to talk about are kind of they're just very uh, they're like a subtle type of song. I don't know what you would classify this genre. Maybe indie. Um, yeah, it's like indie alternative rock. Yeah. 
and it's just a very calm song. There's not a ton of lyrics, but the lyrics are extremely meaningful. I mm-hmm. feel, um, and yeah. that's mostly what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about um, for this first song, <clears throat> "Start a War." I do want to say something about like the the beginning before like the song really starts up. So it starts. Um, this it takes place in Pittsburgh, and it starts with there's train sounds in the background. And then there are all the time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Trains are endless. Uh, yeah, and if you <laughs> didn't know, Ke- Kevin lives in Pittsburgh. Um, but so it begins with the train sounds, and then there is a very, and I think this is really important. There's a very faint string, like instruments playing, very faintly playing in the background as they build, and they it, like amalgamates together with the train sounds. And then the song starts. And I think that's actually important. And we'll probably, I'll, I'll talk about why I think that's important as we get into the second song. Yeah. Um, so I think that this song um, is, I, I think both songs are obviously somewhat about the brothers. But for me, this particular song, Start a War, is more about the father. That mm-hmm. was that was what I felt, um, and obviously they're they're kind of showing the the father in the beginning here and following him as he meets up with Tommy, um, but what it's saying is the 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 big line here is um, walk away now and you'll start a war, and to me this is big for the father because if he he's the one who kind of caused the rift to begin with right he's the one who um sort of started the war to begin with but the war hadn't like for him to prevent another war from happening between his sons he needs to step in that's what Mm -hmm. i felt like this meant and he needs to redeem himself for what his he had done in the past and this is what he seemingly is trying to do. Like he, he seems to have found um, religion a little bit. He tried to um, quit, uh, quit drinking. Yeah. Um, and I think he's trying to put himself on a better path, um, and redeem himself for what he, he had done. And I think that this song is sort of saying, almost talking about him attempting to do that coming out of his shittiness, which he was early on, and and being reborn into something else. Because if he does nothing and he just continues to be a shitty person, then he's going to cause a worse rift in his family than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely think it's a lot about the father. I think, I think they, I mean... I don't know if they, if this guy, if Gavin like listened to the song and came up with the idea for this movie, because like, um, if you read, they, he definitely strategically put a certain part of that song into this movie. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, like, so, cause I, I wrote down all the lines that they, that were in the movie. So it starts and he says, we expected something, something better than before. We expected something more. Right. So that's, I think that's like 
Tommy and Brendan's relationship where they were coming together to move away from their father and then they divided. Right. They were expected to make a better life for themselves. Yeah, they were expected to move away and make a better life away from their father. And then it goes, do you really think you can just put it in a safe behind a painting, lock it up and leave? So that's alluding to Brendan, I think. Alluding to Brendan and even Tommy because they they divided away. I mean, Tommy finally came back, but it's been 14 years. They didn't confront the issue. They didn't confront this issue. They locked it behind a painting. Right. And they just walked away from it. Yeah, in in different ways, too. In different ways. Yeah. So, like... I don't know this. However lucky they got with this music, I don't know. It's so because I think uh, this album, Start a War, the uh, album that it's on, Boxer, came out in like two thousand seven. So I don't know if they just random if he listened to it before and was like, "Ooh, I got an idea for a movie, and I'm, I want to use this song." Like I don't know because it it's very interesting how it fits so perfect and this other song that they use at the end fits perfectly as well yeah i the, honestly thought that these i had never heard these songs before um and when i watched the movie i i thought that they that they were made for the movie yeah just because almost, they were so closely intertwined with yeah, the movie if you, and they're by the same band in the same like, band yeah like i that's another reason i thought like it was uh, made for the movie was because usually if you hear songs that are similar that just like make sense with the movie they're usually uh made for the movie specifically yeah yeah it's very interesting and then it says walk away now and you're going to start a war and that i think that is definitely alluding to the father who's in between both of the brothers mm-hmm. and then um after that it says whatever went away i'll get i'll get it over now I'll get money, I'll get funny again. And then there's a lot to do with money in this film. There is, And yeah. uh, whatever went away, I'll get it over now. So it's basically saying, uh, I think that that might be alluding to the father too. So the, both of the brothers went away, and now he's going to get it over now. Right. He's going to step in the middle and try to bring the family back together. Right. I thought that too, yes. So it's just interesting how well the lyrics line up to this film. like, And for the fact that, um, like I said, this song came out in 2007 and the film came out in 2011. So this song was not written for this movie. Right. I mean, <clears throat> the movie could have or, been made because of the Because song. of the song. Or the National are just such genius songwriters that they can capture this like element of life and how people divide each other over certain things you know which i mean this they they write amazing music so i think i could definitely say that that's plausible that that they're just very talented that this this could line up with a lot of storylines i think yeah i agree though i will say i think when we start talking about the net the other song like it just is so yeah perfect that it's like 
these two songs, it's almost like this guy just listened to the national and was like, Oh, and uh, these, these yeah, songs could, had such a effect on the guy. It, it very well and he's could like, be. I got to write this he down. Might have got, I got to make a, like in, in that to me, is kind of an ingenious way to yeah. to uh, to write a movie or do whatever because if you base it on music, you can add those songs to uh, your your movie and make your movie like ten times more powerful. Yeah, because the song can tell a lot. It, he could very well have just been listening to the national and it just inspired him. You know, right. he like listened to those lyrics and he was like, you know what, I got, I have an idea for a movie now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think later on, um, the the other reason why I think the start of war thing um, completely uh, encapul- uh, encapsulates Patty's character or the dad's character um, is because he has that moment where he's super drunk and he's listening to Moby Dick um, being read through an audiobook or whatever. And he's yelling, stop the ship, stop the ship. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, so one, one thing I wrote down was uh, that this character, he was a war vet and he went through a lot of shit, pretty much like Tommy did, went through mm-hmm. a ton of shit. And uh, he has a lot. Yeah, he was in of, Vietnam. Yeah, he has a lot to relate with Tommy. And he's been through the shit before. So he has the experience of both these guys. One guy has no money, and that's his big thing. I mean, obviously, uh, the dad has no money or had no money. They were pretty poor, um, or at least it seems like they were when they were growing up. Um, And he also went through war like Tommy did. So he experienced both of what these, uh, these guys experienced in a way. And he saw that he made himself into a shitty person right Mm -hmm. because of this whole because of what had happened to him so him yelling stop the boat or stop the ship is like him saying i know what's gonna happen don't do this stop doing this and i don't want to start a war that's how it leads back to this song is like i gotta step in i gotta stop this i was i was gonna talk about moby dick and like the how important that is too because he's listening to Moby Dick in the beginning while this song is playing as well. Right. And I think that actually Tommy is kind of like Ahab because Tommy is letting his obsession like fuel him and push him forward. This like weird obsession of like not being his father, like being completely different from his father. But he is like his father because he's letting the, his emotions and he's letting these things like corrupt his mind and move him down a path that, that was ugly like his father. And that's how I f- like kind of feel about the, the use of Moby Dick. And, the, and, and also when that scene comes on where he says, stop the boat, he calls Tommy Ahab. He looks at him and he's like, Ahab, stop the boat. Right you bastard, you know, like, so he's basically saying, yo, you're looking for something in the wrong ways. Like you're, you're looking at me and you're fighting me and you're hating me for all of this stuff. And the thing is, is now it's bringing you down the road that I already went down. So I, and like you said, he already knows that the road is ugly and it's hard to escape from once you go down this path 
and he understands that hey you're you're going for this white whale you're not looking at this in the right way you're looking at it in the wrong way and i think that that although like it doesn't seem like tommy changes much as while he's fighting but i think that that was a huge turning point for tommy i think to understand that he was that he was he is like his father and he can't escape that he is like his father right yeah exactly um yeah i also think that uh moby dick in in a way to me even though it's like you're you're chasing something that you almost is unattainable i also feel like moby dick is almost like a revenge type of thing like you've escaped me before and i need to like claim revenge on this and this is sort of what tommy feels like you had said he is he is definitely a lot like ahab um, and he I wants think he to, wants revenge on his father as well. Not only his father, but his brother but too. His brother, yeah. And that's and that's what and leads uh, up to the to the ending um, is all this hate that he has um, just kind of fuels him until the very end. Uh, so, do you want to uh, continue talking about this song or move to the next song? Uh no we can move into the next song yeah no but yeah i think the revenge is is right too so yeah moby dick is just a really just a smart choice to put into this movie because tommy does just he wants revenge really bad right yes he he wants to claim something that he thinks will make him feel better so Mm -hmm. i i always thought that moby dick was a revenge thing because um revenge to me always is like something you want right but it never makes you happy (laughs) so so that's that's almost like what his father is telling him i mean ahab is definitely fueled by revenge in moby dick because the the fucking whale ate his leg and he's like fuck you i want i'm gonna kill you because you ate my leg and i i will go to the the ends of the earth i will die trying to fucking kill you because you took my leg. I mean, but if you want to get into like Moby Dick, you can go down a lot of wormholes of what Moby Dick is about, you know. But right. that I think that I think the actual surface story is a revenge story. I no agree. Doubt. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely more there. People are probably going to hate us for saying, "Oh, it's just a revenge story." No, obviously it's more stuff and there's probably more to see there. No, but... it's very nuanced. There's a lot of stuff going on, yeah. but the surface story is a revenge story. It is about Ahab. Yes, it's it is narrated by Ishmael, but it is about Ahab's quest to find Moby Dick, and Ishmael is just on this quest behind him, watching and going, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, he's like the narrator. <laughs> he's the narrator, and he's watching this, and he's got no ties to anything, so he's kind of just watching it, and he doesn't doesn't really care about catching the whale. He's just like, "Yo, I want to go out to sea because." I don't feel good anymore. And I think going out to sea would change my outlook on life. So he goes out to sea and then he, he, unluckily enough, or maybe lucky for him, gets in this boat with Ahab, who is this dude who's just out for fucking vengeance for no, it doesn't, he doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about anything. He just wants to kill that fucking whale. So that's that's exactly (laughs) what Tommy does at the end of this movie. So let's, let's start talking about the end of this which is mm-hmm. um, when, like, so by I think happenstance, just, like, let's, should, let's, let's, like, yeah, let's uh We should set up the story. Yeah. yeah, we'll so, sum up the movie 
uh, if you you can do it if you want. Yeah. So um, ultimately, uh, Tommy goes to his father so that uh, uh, he can be his trainer or whatever, um, so that he can enter this tournament uh, to make money to give to um, his uh, his best friend's widow because his best friend died in war um, to friendly fire or whatever. And uh, he wants to go to this tournament. He was so close with his friend, he wants to help out um, this family, um, his best friend's family. So that's why he's in the tournament. And then his brother on the other side, uh, he's going to lose his house. Um, They kind of set up the story with him as he's just not making enough money. Um, his well, daughter, medical yeah, bills. his daughter had some sort of kidney issue. Her um, heart. Oh, I thought it was kidney. Yeah, it was her heart. You sure? Yeah, that was like a thing because the one guy's like, "What's oh. something wrong with her kidney?" And then he goes, "No, her heart." Oh, <laughs> I missed that part. <laughs> um, so yeah, I heard him say kidney, so I just like kind of ran with that. But yeah, uh, yeah. So she had apparently a heart issue, and. Um, they had to pay so much medical bills, and he's a teacher, so he make like no money. So he wants to enter this tournament, so that he it's like a five million dollar prize, so that he and his wife can pay for their house and they don't get kicked out. So that's his drive, um, and it all leads up to uh, obviously since his father is uh, since both their fathers is uh, their uh, Tommy's trainer. They bring uh, the father goes to the tournament, and um, they both go to the tournament. And crazy, crazy things ensue. They they beat end up beating all the other challengers. Um, Brendan narrowly, and Tommy just like is fucking re- destroys everybody. Yeah, revenge inflamed. He comes in and just like punches fucking... someone in the face, knocks <laughs> him out, and walks away. And yeah. like he's just. He's in and out super quick um, and uh, seems to have like almost no emotion when he's when he's doing stuff. And they also have um, uh, right before the tournament starts, uh, Brendan and Tommy meet up. They talk with each other and clearly neither one understands the other's reasoning for what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, both of e- both of them want each other to apologize for what they had done. Tommy doesn't seem to care as much about an apology. He has different issues and Brendan seems like he's ready to move on and forgive. Um, so they end up getting at the, at the final fight, they're facing each other. And obviously Brendan's kind of the underdog in the whole thing because he didn't just go in and knock people out. He's been like fighting for his life practically. Um, so then it brings us to these final moments. Well, actually, one other thing. Uh, the father, Tommy, blows up on his dad, says, I don't want you in my life. Get the fuck away from me, pretty much. And uh, his dad goes back to drinking. And then Tommy almost has like a forgiveness-type moment or he feels sorry for his dad. Um, but then his their dad seemingly goes away um, and, and leaves the tournament in, in shame. Um, but then we end up in the final fight and they're fighting and this is when this song happens. Mm-hmm. Do you want to mention yeah. anything else? So 
yeah, the, this song happens, but um, and Brendan is the underdog, but he has now hurt Tommy really bad. He like popped his shoulder out because Tommy was going at him full force with revenge in mind where Brendan is a technical fighter. So he got him in a move and um, popped his shoulder out. And now Brendan has full control of like Tommy basically. Right. But Tommy is still fighting. Tommy won't give up. (laughs) He just won't like Brendan. And this is why I think this moment is so powerful because you have this, you have the older brother who's Brendan and the younger brother, Tommy, and you have Tommy, who he will not give up. And Brendan is still doesn't fully understand, like, what he can do and why Tommy is still being like this, you know? Like, because he believes, hey, you should be, like, because he feels bad for Tommy. He's like, hey, fuck, I hurt his shoulder and everything, and he wants to stop the fight and all of that stuff. But it, it's more than that for, for Tommy. Right. It's just, There's more than just fighting and losing and or winning you know there's 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 more underneath and then and then i think brendan starts to see and understand like what he needs to do right what has to happen um so then that's when the actually when you see the like the emotions of brendan kind of change and the look on his face like changes into and it's like a sad look but it's a look of understanding i think a look of i know what i have to do now well like to stop this fucking madness. And the thing is, he is super conflicted too. Yeah. Because he is playing for his family, right? And he has to also defeat his brother in a way that's not going to kill him because his his brother seems like or Tommy seems he, like he's just going he won't to stop until he, he fucking dies. Until basically. he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Because he has um, he Tommy almost has nothing to lose is what yeah, it is because basically. because uh he, one thing we didn't mention was he went AWOL. uh he went AWOL because his friend got or his best friend got killed by friendly fire and they're going to bring him to jail for uh for going AWOL uh the military is so right after the fight he just he gets he's going to get taken um so yeah, he's going to be detained yeah he's got literally nothing to lose and the only thing he really wants is this revenge on his brother for leaving him Mm -hmm. yeah and you can see how conflicted brendan is in in these moments of like under like just seeing his brother in the most weakest position he's like you know that you can be in right and not only that he's got this other he's got like almost this uh this like devil on his shoulder slash um angel on his shoulder like pulling pulling at him because he's got his his best friend is his trainer and he's shouting, you're going to lose your house. You got to yeah. knock him out. You got to knock him out. And so it's shouting at him like, okay, I, I, I got to kill my brother to save my own life. Is there a middle ground? Like, can mm-hmm. I, can I figure out how to stop Tommy without killing him? Because this guy, he's not going to give up unless I kill him. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's very co- conflicted, which brings us, to this song the moment yeah. that he gets uh i think it's when he starts when he figures out i think the brother figures out this is what i'm gonna do that's yeah when it the is movie's gonna it's, pull, it's like the moment the song plays it's the moment of his realization that and i think that brendan um 
not that he was a bad guy or anything. I think I think all the characters are are like even their dad. I don't even Patty like who was a mean drunk. I don't think they're they're all just very human flaws in these people. And with Brendan, um, I think he realizes in that moment that he really did leave his brother stranded. You know, he left him out there, and he know now. I think it's this realization that you know what. I'm the fucking big brother and I left my brother out. And in case, like you said before, they were in that like moment where Brendan was like, well, I forgive you and everything for, for leaving me. And like, Tommy's like, are you fucking serious, dude? Like you forgive me. Right. Like you stayed with our fucking dad who was beating our mom just because you loved a woman, you know, like, what the fuck? You you abandoned your family, and we made this plan together. And Brendan doesn't see that just because he was he's in love with somebody, you know. So right. he doesn't see it in the same way that Tommy does, and he can't. And I think that's what Tommy wants is for him to understand, dude. Like you really fucked us up, fucked us over, dude. Like right. you you fucked me over bad. So and I don't think Brendan believes that he did. He he in, and I think in this moment he sees that he did. Like he wasn't a big brother to this to Tommy at all, and he needs to be a big big brother to him. He needs to be family to him, Agreed. and then that's the moment where the song plays. Right, and <clears throat> it almost like uh, talk. This song I feel like talks about each of the brothers, pretty much spot on, and also this relationship and conflict between them. Um, and the re- almost the reasons why Tommy was upset because one of the 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 song is called "About Today," and it's also by the National. And uh, one of the I wrote down a couple lines. I you probably wrote down more than I did. Um, yeah, I wrote down all the uh, every single line that's in the movie. But I think that every single line that's in the movie is the only are the only lyrics of the song. Okay. Let, I'll, I'll let you go through each of the lines, and then we can talk about them, because I have a okay. couple. Okay, so the whole lines are that are in the film, it goes, Today, you were far away, and I didn't ask you why. Okay, so let's wanted... talk about that, because that's yeah. the first thing I, I, I wrote down, was uh, didn't ask you why. So this is Brendan. To me, this is about Brendan. I, I think it can be about Tommy too, but I think it's pretty much what you had said, which um, Brendan didn't really try to understand Tommy at all. Mm-hmm. And he didn't ask him why you're upset. He, in that confrontation that they had, he asked him to apologize, right? Yeah. And he's not leveling with, he wasn't leveling with he's Tommy not leveling all. or even trying to understand Tommy's situation mm-hmm. he's see, he's seeing things in a selfish light and I think in a way Tommy is as well like he's like yeah. he's oh, no not doubt. he's not also seeing that um that no he that like we Brendan said before, was actually in love and yeah and Tommy's like I don't really give don't a rat's ass yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, but but in in the long run it does they they need to understand each other and neither mm-hmm. of them are asking why like of each other and i think that's yeah. what this big line is sort of alluding to mhm no definitely 
Yeah, I think it's both. I think it's both of them not really even talking to each other about their feelings at all. You know, Which, like not. They, I mean, they get at each other that they're mad, you know, and they're upset with each other, but there's no like understanding of each other. Like there's right. no sitting down, like you said. There's no like explaining why, like why are we why are we doing this to each other? Right. You know. Um. So yeah, and then so then after that it says, "What could I say? I was far away." Okay, so I wrote on that too, and that I felt was they they walked away from each other both of them walked Mm -hmm. away from the problem and what could they say like what what could they do about it they were away from each other they didn't confront the problem they were too far away from the problem to confront it Mm -hmm. they're too far away they removed themselves completely away like tommy went off uh to the military and uh brendan moved to philadelphia with his wife right so they were in opposite ends of the spectrum and they were moving far farther away from each other and further away from their father right who was who was the main conflict who was the biggest conflict between everybody yes right and then and then after that it says slip away in which goes with moving farther away things are slipping away right and then and then after slip away it says how close am i to losing you Right. Which is, I mean, that just hits it on the nose anyways, where I think, I think that's like a real, almost, I think that's more of a realization of Brendan. Right. In that moment where he's looking and going, I could kill him and I could lose my brother. Right. You know, who I'm realizing that I need him, you know. Um, And then after that, it says, hey, are you awake? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. So that alludes to him saying, I'm here for you, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, and at, at the end, he says, the one thing that Tommy really needed to hear was, I love you. Like, mm-hmm. And that's what he says. That's what he says to calm Tommy down and to have him uh, stop the fight just or, or end the fight. He taps out and um, he quits. And that's all he needed to hear. Like he needed to understand that's, that's one of the, the thing about Tommy is throughout his entire life, he had pretty much a feeling of a lack of love. Like his mother was there for him, but his mother died. Their, their mother died. And Brendan had his, uh, his wife obviously, um, for love, but Tommy had nothing. He lost his best friend. He lost pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And he, he distanced himself from his brother and his, his dad. So all he needed was to know someone cared about him. To know that his, I mean, and he, I think he started real, started seeing that his father really did love him. Right. You know, as, as they are, as he's being trained by him and seeing his father's emotions and all of that stuff. And, um, but I think he, I think the father was, too far gone from right. like how he acted to them as kids and how he was a drunk and he was not a good father at all. So, and I think that that plays with the ending as well, where Patty's far, he's far away from them and he's looking at them come together and he's like the, the tear drops from his eye and everything. And he like shakes his nods his head. Um, 
Like, and, and I think it's like him understanding that even if I'm not in their lives, at least I worked and got them back together. You know, right. at least exactly. At least I stayed here and did as a father should. I stayed and did something that was very hard because right. I fucked my son's lives up pretty badly and I brought them back together. So I did. So he did not that he was a good father, but he did something that a good father would do. You know, right. is like stay. If there's an issue, you stay and you fight until the end. You know, and uh, like is really power- powerful. Agreed. The the like, last oh oh no go ahead. The last thing I really wanted to talk about with this song was just its name, about today. So the key word to me, yeah, is today. So I felt like Brendan is always looking. I think there's two dyna- big dynamics with these two brothers. Brendan well, also, is... there's there's one more line. Oh, there's there. one more so, line. Okay, yeah. go ahead. And it has to do with about today. Yeah. It's, uh, and probably what you're going to talk about. Okay. That's why I wanted to just let you, let you know the one more line. Cool. So the last line, it says, what can I ask you about today? Right. Which is kind of what we were talking about, where it's like they need to talk to even just – have small talk with each other like well, how was your day to me it's saying i need to focus on the moment right yes and what i felt like is brendan is always looking to the future right he's always looking like how can i get that money that was his one big thing like to save my house i need to save my future right and um when he was younger, he was looking at this love that he didn't want to lose because that was his future. But Tommy's the opposite. He always was looking at the past, right? Mm-hmm. And he's stuck in the past. His whole thing, he hate like like Brendan said, I for, I forgive Dad. I I'm fine with him now. But Tommy was not willing to forgive. He was not willing to move on. Um, same with his uh, his mom when she passed away. He wasn't. He's still not getting over that. He wasn't getting yeah. over um, his uh, his best friend's death. Like as noble as his cause was to help his best friend's widow, he still wasn't like he he committed his life to that whole thing, and that's a very noble thing. But he's also not able to move past it not able to move past that event um, and help and deal with it. And I feel like one's looking at the past, one's looking at the future, and they just need to look at that moment to come together. They need to look at today. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought. Yeah, no, I think that that's the the way to look at it. Like, just like I said, what can I ask you about today? It's like, it is living in the moment. It's asking, hey, man, how was your day? You good? You know, like just these like simple little things that people take for granted, you know, these like the really important things. Um, right. Like just talking to someone that you love and it could be about nothing, you know, but it happens in that moment. Um, and Tommy wasn't getting that. And like you said, he's living, he's dwelling on the past. He's looking like you can see the pain in his eyes when he first goes to his dad's house and he looks at the pictures. Like, right. He looks at the picture of his brother and sees him happy with family, you know. And then he looks at this picture 
of his mom with maybe him in her lap, you know, as a baby. And he's like, I don't have that anymore. Look, Brendan has his family. He has his kids. And then he looks at the mom and his mom and him. And he's like, I don't have anything, you know? Right. So he's, and he, and he's just, uh, he feels abandoned and he's, and he is out for revenge. Just like Ahab, he can't get this out of his brain. Like he, he is stuck in in this in the past in this moment in these moments of the past where like you said brendan is looking toward the future he's too much looking toward the right he's He's forgetting everything he's forgetting about everything to do during the day while he's just trying to i mean yes it's important that he you know makes the money to to uh pay for his house and everything but he's overlooking all of that like right dad comes at one point is like yo tommy's in town dude like and it what like and yes his, patty uh wanted it probably to reconnect with him but he really was like hey your brother's here and i think it was more of a you should go see him right you know you should go fucking see your brother like, well yeah because he's here and you haven't seen him in 14 fucking years dude um so and he doesn't he do, he doesn't make an attempt to even go see him yeah, you know, because so, he doesn't want he doesn't want to revisit his past. He doesn't he, want he yeah, he's moving forward. He's trying to always move forward and he doesn't want to go back. He doesn't like he says he forgives his dad, but he wants nothing to do with his dad. Right. Yeah. Yeah, his his he's way like, of it's forgive and forget is his whole Yeah, he's like idea. I forgive you, but get the fuck out of here because right, exactly. I can never trust you again. Right. Exactly. Um, I just don't want to deal with you anymore. I'm just yeah, moving past don't want, you. Don't want that, to deal with the shit. I mean that, that, and there was one other big moment. He did this was when he made the decision to fight, uh, again, his wife's like, you didn't include me in the decision. And he's like, we need this. I was going to do it anyway. Like I'm going to, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not willing to take a look at what your feelings are. I need to get this done. I, Otherwise, I'm looking at the future. We're going to lose our house. I got to do this. I understand yeah. you 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 care about uh, me not getting beat up, but I don't care about that. I care about our house and losing it in the future. Yeah, and she's like, all I care about is the family, and I don't want to see you fucking dead. You know, she's right. like, I don't care about the house. I, I'll go. We'll go live somewhere else. I don't care. I just don't want to see you on a fucking stretcher. You know. Right. Um, and he can't get that through his head. He's just like, I don't care. I want to, I, I, this is our fucking house and I want to keep it. No one's going to take this away from me. So right. he's just always, he's, he's actually a very selfish person. And I he think is. he, I think he real. I think that's another realization of his, that he has been selfish. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so um, yeah, that, uh, that song, I will say I have not teared up a movie like i i don't like cry cry at movies but in this movie i and it might have been because of this song in particular um but like i teared up at the end here um because i think the the song was so powerful and the moment was so powerful yeah um and yeah, I, no, I didn't I, tear up because I was sad. I was happy for them. Yeah, no, I think it's that it's it's like it's that like. I mean, I'm I'm a, like a crier at movie like a lot of movies. I just cry. I don't know why. I guess as I get older, I get more emotional about things. But like, um, with this one, it is. I think it is like 
it's not like a sadness or anything it is like this it's i think it's just a lot of emotion together not just happiness uh like it's everything because that's what they're feeling you know it's when you have lost touch with someone that you do that you truly do love it's hard to reconnect with them so the like when you and when you get to see them like it's really hard right because you want you do want to say all of these things but it's very hard to say all the things that you want to say you know um and and i think that that like just with this song in the lyrics even if you're not listening that hard i think you like the lyrics just subliminally hit your brain anyways and then the way that this song builds and picks up and uh like the crescendo at the end with like and that's why i think it plays oh, yeah. with like that's why i brought up the um the stringed instruments at the beginning because those light stringed instruments are not if you listen to the uh start of war like the actual song that's not uh in there that's not really part of the song i think the mm. national did that and i think he got in touch with them and said hey i want you guys to do this mm-hmm. um that's my assumption because also about today didn't have that crescendo at the end in their regular song. So I, I think that they redu- redid these songs for this soundtrack in particular. Um, that could be. Yeah. That I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. I, I would think that they did because if you go and you listen about to about today, it, it doesn't have that end where it's like a huge buildup of just like powerful, uh, all the instrument and that's why it evokes so much emotion because it's all these instruments coming together at the end right and that's what in in the beginning is this this the light strings because they're starting this is beginning and it's starting to come together like that it's starting sense. it hasn't it hasn't like gone through yet but tommy's at the steps waiting for his dad and that's the beginning and it's starting to pull together so it's a very light string instrument in the beginning and then at the end they they, they're coming together fully so it's this heavy crescendo of like strings and powerful music all together um and it just plays with that so well and i think like the it was just a perfect uh arrangement of these songs to bookend each other you know to have one at the beginning and then one at the end Agreed. Yeah, I. Like, yeah, just very I think that was genius. a really. It, it's a really cool idea, um, of how to use music in a film. Yeah, and, and usually, I'm not like a huge fan of using like a band's music in in films. Same. Like I'm just not like I don't like. You'd usually rather have a me, score. It sounds like super fucking cheesy, and right. I can tell you like uh like the end of Bly Manor when they're playing that band some random band's song at the end i was like this is stupid like you have this amazing fucking score that has been so good throughout the whole show and now you're gonna play some cheesy ass song yeah why why? what was the who like who made that fucking decision but this like in this it it was a perfect decision like it It worked so well and i agree with you like it's rare that um usually when i think of uh, a movie soundtrack like i think of an actual score right and mm-hmm. and those are the like those are the um soundtracks that really stick with people and like make it memorable to the actual movie like usually you don't listen to like a song unless you're like 
the, my heart will go on, obviously you're going to think of Titanic, right? Um, but it's, it's rare that you use like a lyrical song from a band, like you're saying, and it actually relates really well with the movie that's there. And I think they did it beautifully. I don't think, like you said, I don't think this has ever been done better with a, a band song. Like, like you said earlier, usually when someone uses like a song from a band, it's almost thrown in as just, oh, this sounds good here. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have any thematic sense or um, it doesn't mean anything. It's not very symbolic, but this one is. So mm-hmm. it's great. Great two songs from the same band, which is to me pretty phenomenal. Yeah. No, it definitely, if it's very small parts of the movie but the most important i think two of the most important parts of the movie yeah no doubt about it so um what i want to do so did you want to say anything else about warrior no i think i think we i mean we talked for an hour about yeah which is crazy which but it was this freaking probably a culmination of six minutes of the whole film yeah with what this music took place in but it's super intense and it's a yeah. really good movie but it is um, a really good movie so what i want to do we're we're going to talk about uh, just a few other movies quickly not like more hours it's not going to be 5 hours of podcast but we're going to talk about how a few other films um use music and i actually want to cut it up into different uh almost categories of how movies use music and i think the one that we just talked about they use music to be climactic right Mm -hmm. so at very intense moments in the movie they bring a strong song in and and there's other movies that do this right that you've noticed I, i can't think of one right now but i know for a fact that there's other movies where they have this they don't have like much of a score at all right like this movie doesn't have much of a score that's very memorable but until these specific songs and i think there are other movies that do that where they're just like we're gonna hit them with this amazing very symbolic song right in the right moment and that to me is climactic it's very way. Yeah. It's a very good way to use um, a song to yeah. like I think spruce it, up a moment. I think it's a way to kind of guide someone's emotion, but um, yeah, it's very emotional. Too. I think the, and I think a lot of like other films use it in a certain way. I think that the I think that the way that they used it in Warrior is a little bit different than what m- most movies use music for as like as you said climactic um like if let's say you're watching like a marvel movie they do have like climactic music happening during like action sequences to drive the action in in a certain way and drive your emotion but it's it's not the same no that's what i'm saying but it's it's not the same as how warrior did it right like it's it's not the same yeah, I feel uh, so. The one movie I wanted to talk about for another category is Lord of the Rings, 
And to me, the category for that is thematic. So what they do is they have different scores for different like characters and different places, right? So you got your Shire song, the little do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And then you got, yeah. um, uh, you got like the Fellowship of the Ring song, which is like, or just the Fellowship in general, um, where it's like really heavy, like very heroic, but they, they sprinkle that throughout the whole movie. Like, and then you got Sauron's da, 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 da. Like it's just, it's very thematic, but it's throughout the entire film, those same scores, right? It's not, it's not like, um, they have a different score for each section of the movie, almost like how Star Wars is less thematic to me. Like it's more like they do have some thematic stuff, but usually each moment is uh, like its own distinct sound where in Lord of the Rings, it was each moment is almost a callback to a previous moment. You'll hear the the Shire soundtrack throughout the entire movie. Like if there's an intimate moment between hobbits, boom, there's your Shire yeah. soundtrack. If there's, if uh, um, any of the fellowship is running in and like saving people, you're, you're going to hear the fellowship soundtrack like coming in. And so to me, it's very thematic. Like with the movie we just talked about, Warrior, that like those you could consider themes of, those characters but they're not reused throughout to like like Mm -hmm. indicate like you're talking about a specific character or group of people and that's lord of the rings just makes makes it so when you hear a certain sound you think of those group of people that place whatever that character so yeah oh no totally like if if uh, like i think the shire music is one of the most comforting music of all time for me like i hear it and i'm like i feel like i'm in a fucking little hole next to a fucking fireplace warming (laughs) myself up with a cup of tea or something you know like it just is so comforting and all of the music when you hear it makes you think of certain parts of of, or certain not even parts more of uh places than than parts you know like um yeah, they just are very well distinguished within each other, and they. Do, I mean, obviously there are, uh, they do use it as climactic music, but it's more to. I think it's more to distinguish, like you said, the theme, right, in the, in the world that you're in, in each each individual, uh, like place that they go to, or or like you said, when they're in the fellowship together, um, like there's music that defines those themes of the of the of the movie exactly Um, and it's probably in my opinion one of the most genius like uses of that like howard shore fucking knocked it out of the park with the with with all those movies like it to me it's one of the best scores of all time i mean you're you're talking like that and star wars are like so close together you know like hand in hand and how good of like because star wars is like more moment to moment but it is definitely thematic. They definitely well. have so thematic. It's, 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 you I mean, can you can compare them. I mean, and then obviously you know you have uh, you know, Harry Potter and stuff like that that has their like thematic type of music for certain uh, like places in Hogwarts and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but oh. to me, like, Lord of the Rings is the most memorable. Like, yeah, you got Star Wars where you've got the two main themes. You got, like, the, uh, the opening theme that everybody recognizes. And you can probably pick out a Star Wars song if you heard it. Um, but the other one is, like, the Imperial March, right? Or Duel of the Fates. Those are, like, the big the big songs that you could totally recognize. If you hear a Lord of the Rings song, you will know the exact character or theme or area that that is supposed to represent just by hearing the song. And you'll know almost every single one of them. I guarantee it. Um, And just because they do it so well with star Wars, there's probably like three big ones that you know about Harry Potter, obviously the first one, but could you think of any other songs? Probably not that carry much value. Um, so I just think Lord of the Rings does it best with, with thematic songs. Yeah. And they also like characters hum pieces of the music, you know, so it's just really cool. Yeah. So it's like actually it makes it even more part of their world. Agreed. Yeah. So it's 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 really cool. I, I really like how they yeah, use music in that movie um, or those movies. Uh, the the next category I want to mention is uh, historical. So, like, you'll watch an older movie, like maybe in the '80s, or let's let's say you watch a uh, a movie that's set in the uh, or a, a series that's set in the '70s or '80s. Is what what's that? Uh, What's that show with the upside down? Why am I... A Stranger Things. Stranger Things? Yeah. Stranger Things uses older music to call back to uh, that historical period of time, right? Um, and a, a movie that does it a lot is Goodfellas. When you watch Goodfellas, every scene is like a different song. And yeah, they're songs of bands, but they're songs representing that time period, Right. And that's how I feel like um, most historical movies you, use. You know what really used historical really well? Homecoming. Right. Homecoming used songs from old movies, old Alfred Hitchcock movies. I think they used like some 007 shit and stuff like this. And they paired it like a lot of like suspense stuff and they paired it in with it was a really weird thing because it was a juxtaposed. So like a lot of times they were using music that really didn't fit with what they were doing. Like, so it was a really, it, it was, I don't, I don't know. It was an interesting way to use the soundtrack. And I, I think that like at least the first, I haven't watched the second season, but I haven't heard that good of things about it. But Same. the first season was so good. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with that. Like, it was just like, why are they playing this like super scary, suspenseful music while people, two people are just talking on the phone? You know, it's like this weird juxtaposition of what's happening. But it made it, it made it feel even because it was a little bit mysterious. So it made it even more mysterious. You know, it was an interesting use, and that was like one of the better uses of like classical that I've that I've heard. Yeah, when you have like callbacks to certain periods and stuff like that. That's that's like a historical use. Um mm-hmm. or or just music that explains that time period or brings you back to that time period. Uh like Stranger Things music. Um Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah I, I guess I, that would be a different type of use of historical. It, but it is, it is definitely still, like a callback to it. It's a it, callback it, to saying that this is like why this was uh, like I think it was a lot that uh, is saying that I was influenced by this. You know, right. like this scene like I don't know um, if Ashmael, uh, you know, is making a scene in the same cinematic way as what Hitchcock would have done. Right. You know, so that might be why he wanted that type of them to go back and get that music, which supposedly I, I don't know if we have talked about it on the podcast, but supposedly that was really hard to do like super hard to get the rights to the music first of all, and to figure out how to use that music. Cause I think Eshmael wanted, like he told the composer to be like, Hey, these are the songs that I want and you have to play them during these certain scenes. And I, uh, I think he was saying that it was really hard to figure out how to use that song during those scenes that he wanted him to use it because they didn't make any sense at all. Like yeah. it just made no sense. But then once it, once he said, once it came together, then he started to understand why he wanted to do that. So I, I um, would actually classify this as an even different uh, category. I'd say it's uh, homage or whatever. Yeah. Um, prob- that's probably what it is. An homage to, to Alfred Hitchcock. And cause I mean, Ashmael is such a genius and he does like, I mean, obviously he did the long takes and stuff like Hitchcock would do and right. all of that. So I think, and it was, it's kind of this like, fucked up like weird uh like twilight zoney kind of story you know so and I, they, i'm sure they use twilight zone music as well because like it's it's that type of realm you know yeah and and you'll see uh films do that especially like horror films and stuff they 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 will definitely have some callbacks to uh previous mm-hmm. horror movies or at least something that sounds like a previous horror movie to to like pay homage or homage or yeah. whatever you say to it. Well, um, I mean, the Halloween theme is timeless, you know, like that. Right. It's such a good fucking theme that you could, you don't even have to change that. You could keep it in every Halloween movie ever, you know. Exactly. It's just so good. Um, and then I have two more categories. One is uh, music as a character. So in in Baby Driver they almost use the music as like an extra character in the background because the music to me is almost like you're, you're watching like a Looney Tunes episode where the music is like playing with what's happening. Yeah. Right. So like if someone's tiptoeing, it's going do, 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 do. Like that's like the, the music in, in baby driver, they totally do this because the, the music plays exactly with his actions and, um, I really like when uh, music is used like as an extra character, um, mm-hmm. sort of playing along with the character, like supporting the character a lot in, in a way, supporting yeah. the actions of what's going on. Um, no, yeah. I mean, we could talk about that a lot, but we already had an episode basically dedicated to that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, so if you haven't listened to that, uh, we have a sound and film episode. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, it's like our sixth episode or something yeah. like that. It's basically Kevin loves Edgar Wright. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> all Edgar Wright film. <laughs> so I had to mention one. Um, yeah. So, but no, no, you have to because it is such a good example of, of using music just to, as a character, as, as like the scenes are edited to the music so right like there's bullets that are that play by the beat you know like it's just 
it's really cool it's, it's I, really and i love cool. that i really love that well effect done. and yeah. like i said it's it's almost like a looney tunes old cartoon it is kind sort of, of looney tunes s- yeah. s- sort of effect which it is. i think is really neat um it's cool yeah so uh the last one which might seem like a weird category but we we found a pretty good example of it is no music at all um and the movie that best exemplifies that or exemplifies that is no country for old men. Um, and it's, it's pretty powerful. Like you would think like, why are we talking about no music being music? But in a way silence, if used correctly is in itself a type of music. Yeah. And, And they, uh, the reason why I think they didn't use music in that is because they didn't want to, they didn't want to affect anybody's emotion about what was happening. They didn't want to, because the characters are morally terrible. All of them are morally like just not good characters. And I don't think they didn't want to make you think that one of them's a good guy and one of them's a bad guy. They didn't want to like affect that. So um, they don't want, I, I just, if you start playing like these music while Anton Chigurh is out there like fucking shooting the uh, what it, the little like pressurized cow thing. Oh yeah, someone's cattle head prod or whatever the cattle whatever that I don't, I don't know the the term for it, but like you would get. I mean, you already know that's bad. Like what well, this guy is fucking ominous. You don't need any more like feeling of that. And then when. Um, the other character is, you know, with the trying to do all this stuff for the money and all that, you know, like, uh, you don't need to, you don't need music to fuel because they could have, if they used music, it would maybe fuel that he's the good guy, you know? Right. And, and I think they didn't they want that. They didn't want that in there. They wanted to show you that these guys are actually both like just morally bad and, and they, and it's all like a circumstantial movie as well. Like everything is just like, there's nothing uh, like the one guy dies in the most anticlimactic way off screen. Right. You know? So it's like they build up this whole thing and there's all of this crazy shit. And then off screen, the guy dies. They're just like, yeah, he died over here. <laughs> it's just like, so I, I think they, it was just this like very uh, smart thing by the Coen brothers to say, dude, this movie needs no music because we don't need to drive people's emotion into thinking anything and moving anything because that's not what this film is about. Yeah. And it definitely was very powerful in that film. Yeah. So I mean, it um, won, won the Academy award for best film. So yeah. And it's a very rare thing to not, uh, not have a a score in in film, no score, no music in in a film. Yeah. So I think not mentioning it is, uh, and, and I'm sure that movie's so good that I bet a lot of people don't even notice that there's no score because they just did such a good job because you usually just think there's a score, but I bet people don't even notice, you know, oh, this just been silent the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't notice until you told me that there was no music in there <laughs> because I just like, usually it's there. Usually music is played so nicely in the background that you don't even pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's so intense uh that you that you end up loving it but um yeah but yeah in this case no music at all just super powerful so mm-hmm. yeah but yeah then, the, 
I guess we'll have a small argument about <laughs> if no sound, if silence is actually music. Yeah. So I, so I had a friend of mine uh, send a video that just had a guy walk up to a piano. He was in an auditorium. He walked up into to a piano, and he sat there for five minutes, and didn't play anything. And then he stood up, and he walked away. Now the question was, is that music? Is that music? Because obviously, would I say it's art? Probably. It seems like some weird art statement that he's <laughs> it's trying to definitely say. Definitely art. There's no doubt. Um, but, but is it music? Can you argue that that is music? Did what was his argument for that being music? No, he, he, argue, he said it wasn't. Or he music. said it wasn't music. He said it he wasn't. Said it was music. bullshit. Yeah, he said it was bullshit. <laughs> so this is fucking bullshit. Yeah, he pretty much said it was bullshit. But, um, but well, so, you know, someone someone online was saying that it was music because because when you look at sheet music, there's rests, right? <laughs> So it's a, rest a part of music is music, but if you're just gonna sit there and not play any music, <laughs> that's more of an artistic statement than than music. That's just my opinion. That because it's like you go and especially if you didn't know that that was going to happen, you went and it's like this guy's an actual musician and he's supposed to play a set, and then that's what they do. They sit down and the, and they sit for five minutes. You're anticipating, you know. It's that that's the art of it. Is like you're sitting there and you're, you're yeah. It's that's a, that's part of it. And it, I think it's part of it for for the artist as well if they're going to do something like that. It's like understanding that people are sitting there anticipating something, you know. They're antis- and then you walk off. I would be super pissed. If I saw if someone was it like, it depends if I if it was free or something. Oh I, yeah, I would be like, oh, thing. that's interesting. But if I paid fucking fifty bucks to see an artist and they did that, they pulled a Kanye West and they sang half a song and walked off, <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck you, buddy. You know, like, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's all in how it's used. Like, yeah, if a I song agree. is like, let's say someone's playing a song and it does like, they're like doing something and then it stops and there's silence for like let's say half a second or something that's just using silence in a certain type of way and i feel that that is part of like you said the rests are part of the music but that guy i don't know if i can consider that music because he never started playing and he didn't do anything so who i mean he could be reading the music but it doesn't mean that's in his own brain so that's us that's us trying to uh, analyze that. Oh, he's reading the music in his in his brain, so he's playing the music in his brain. That's a, that's an analyzing thing. That's not a and that's part of interpreting art and everything. But that's not music itself. That's more analyzing the art that he's trying to put before you, and and like we said, anticipating and all of that stuff and and emotions that you're going to feel. Uh, like happiness, anger, laughter, jokes, you know, like all of this emotions and stuff. That's part of the art of that. Right. And I think silence can, <laughs> silence can be part of the art in, a mu- in music as well if you use it as such, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because with- when you do it, like if you put silence in your music, if, like we said, there's anticipation. 
So like when it stops, the music stops, you might think, oh, is the song over? But then it might go again. You know? Right. There's and this that's anticipation and that can be very powerful. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, so silence is not music. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would say not. Uh, yeah, I would say complete silence isn't com- music. Complete silence is not, in but, my opinion, is not music. There could be people who argue it, and hey, I would love to hear people's arguments because I want to understand people who believe that it is music. You know, right? Yes, yeah. there are people who say silence is music to my ears. You know, so. <laughs> I mean, and I would like to hear their argument because maybe that's their, maybe silence is their enjoyment. And so they f- feel that it is music. Maybe they have tinnitus and they, and it's actually yeah. like musical tinnitus. So when everything's yeah, so quiet, it goes. Yeah. So everyone shut up. Good song playing in my ear right now. Yeah. So that is our episode on music. It, I, I really enjoy music. I wish we could have played music during this episode. So right before one, one quick note I want to say before signing us off um, is we did want to play music for this episode. However, we looked it up and uh, the copyright is just super powerful and <laughs> which I mean, love it or hate it. It's, it's good for the artist most likely. So um even though we're we're Better not saying record label right, we're not really doing anything nefarious with their songs. We pretty much praised every single song that we've talked about. Um, so, but unfortunately, we couldn't play any of the music here. So, any songs that we did talk about, go out and listen to them. Or even, I mean, I know I'm saying this at the end of the podcast, so it's kind of pointless. But, um, but if you re-listen to this uh, episode listen to it while we talk about it because it will help you understand what each of these moments are or just go back and listen to the yeah. songs and make your own conclusions yeah. whatever or if you you know haven't watched warrior or you know you haven't watched uh or you haven't like just thought about uh music in film just next time you watch a movie Pay attention. Pay attention to the music and see. Because I think that it can, uh, you can see how good a movie is by how they use it. Like, I'm not saying that there's not good movies that haven't used music in a bad way. I'm just saying that you can, if they use it in a certain way, you can, it might affect how you feel about a movie. You know, like, like. What I would say is. Watch a movie you love, pay attention to the music, and go, oh, wow, this music's... And if you go, oh, wow, this music's really good, maybe that's why you like it a little bit more. It's because of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why Yeah, it might give you more detail to love something and understand something a little bit more. Like with with Warrior, the first time I watched Warrior, I didn't think about the music at all. Right, same. I didn't pay attention i mean i knew obviously i knew it was there and it evoked emotion but the more i watched that i mean actually the first time it really that movie hit me really hard was when i watched it with headphones and then i was like holy shit the music is so powerful in each of these moments right and then the other thing i would say you should do 
is go watch a movie that you hate like like you were like i hated this movie see if you listen to the music in that movie as long as it's kind of bearable for you to watch listen to the music there and if you're like wow this movie this music kind of fucking sucks maybe that's why you kind of hate it <laughs> yeah it could be could be an element of why you hate a film you know? so yeah just open your mind and uh try to listen to the music more you'll probably enjoy the movie even more because yeah. i i definitely enjoyed warrior more from listening to the music and paying attention to it yeah so. i think it just adds an element to something you know like if you love something it's going to add even more of an element to why you love something agreed so uh, we hope you liked our podcast talking about music, and we hope you uh, come to appreciate it more in movies after listening to this. Um, or if you did already, great. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, with that, um, Steve, do you have anything else? No, no. Thanks, Just thanks for listening, yeah. and you know, I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, like Kevin said, I hope you, you know, just I, I'm sure most people who are listening to this do appreciate all of that stuff and you know if if you haven't thought about that i am i'm glad you listened and i hope you take note of it and enjoy it yeah thanks for listening yeah see you guys see ya